It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After you're done listening to today's Locked On Washington football team podcast, make sure you check out our live fantasy show. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison. He is Chris Russell. We are your hosts of this podcast. When we're not here, find Chris over to Team 983 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, with his co host Pete Madhurst on the Russell and Madhurst Show and podcast. Find that on the Odyssey app as well as this show on the Odyssey app. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the show. Do have a follow on Twitter as well at WrestleMania621, at DHarrison82, and at LockedWFTPod. Chris. Uh, we've had the weekend to kind of mull over the weekend's preseason activity and action. I don't know if you got to watch any other contests out there. Some interesting things going on. But we're kicking off this week uh, with, with Washington football team news as the roster continuing to take shape in front of our very eyes. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting NFL action, uh, you know, as you always get at, at this time of the year in the preseason from rookie quarterbacks shining. Um, and and really all of them did for, for the most part uh, to, you know, certain teams, like it's always fun to see the Dallas Cowboys lose, right? Um, even though it was a last second uh, loss on a field goal and yeah, losses don't mean anything. Just like the loss for the Washington football team didn't mean anything really in New England on Thursday night. But yeah, we woke up on Sunday morning, David, uh, had practice. The guys had Saturday off. Uh, They had meetings and film review on Friday, but no practice. Uh, So the media hasn't been allowed at at the Inova Sports Performance Center until Sunday morning. So we were all there and uh, woke up. And Curtis Samuel, as we had said a couple of times on this podcast um, last week, that we expected Curtis Samuel to be activated, you know, Sunday or Monday, somewhere in that range. And of course, it was Sunday. Uh, and so that was good. He was very, very, very limited. They're working him back in. He did not participate in any team drills on Sunday. Uh, and then as a result of that, Kelvin Harmon was released. And also veteran running back Lamar Miller was released. And it was a bad day if your last name was Miller because Chris Miller, a young defensive back, was released along with the Washington football team on Sunday afternoon claiming tight end Caleb Wilson off of waivers from the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know where you want to start. I I assume Kelvin Harmon uh, is probably where we should start. Are you surprised that the former sixth round pick from NC State is a goner? Uh, I'm surprised he's he's gone so early. You know, Kelvin, uh, there there was there was some excitement amongst you know the the Twitter draft or draft Twitter uh, community. I know there were a few guys at the draft network that were really high on him. I liked what I saw 
Uh, specifically, as as we built up towards that year's NFL draft, I really liked what I saw out of him. Not that you know we expected him to be a, a star wide receiver, you know, in a couple of years or anything like that, but just a, a young, solid guy uh, with some really good potential ahead of him. So to see you know the team move on from him so so quickly is a little surprising. But I mean, there there were injuries, and then coming back, you know, there there are things that we can see. And those, of course, are the things that we, you know, we tweet about. How cleanly does somebody get off the line? How do they, how do they do against physical coverage, hand fighting, stuff like that? How do they get out of their breaks? Uh, how do they run the stems on their routes? Are they clean and crisp and straight lines, or are they, you know, are they curved and and things like that? And then obviously drop passes and and effort plays. But then there's other things that you can't see. You know, what I mean, uh, it, it might seem weird to see a guy run like a seven yard hitch or something like that. Uh, and, and but to us, we don't know if the play design was really that deep or if it was a five yard hitch. And then, you know, you see the guy get uh, his butt chewed out by the coaches on the sidelines. And uh, it's it's hard from the press box to see all the time when you're trying to watch, take in everything going on, who is getting uh, who's getting in trouble and who's not. And then on television broadcasts, they hardly ever uh, show that kind of stuff. So you, you just have to imagine, you know, it, it's not an injury settlement. Right. So it's not like an aggravation of the injury and the team's basically like, look, you're just not healthy. We're going to move on. It's so it's it's got it's something to do with play, something to do with efficiency, proficiency. I mean, I, I haven't heard any rumors about work ethic or anything like that. So it's a little surprising, but at the same time, he's a six round draft pick. These guys aren't drafted to lead your franchise into the next wave of greatness. They're drafted with some hope on potential and with the rest of the potential on this roster. The activation of Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown looked really good in short work uh, over the weekend. Dax Milne made some plays. I mean, there there are guys all over the place making some pretty solid plays for themselves and making some cases for themselves. So it, for the team to decide, hey, listen, you're not in the cards for us. We're going to move on. I think Kelvin lands somewhere else at a training camp role in a preseason role. Not sure if he latches onto a roster or anything like that. But it's not the end of Kelvin Harmon's NFL journey, but obviously the end of his journey in Washington. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. like To get released this early um, means that you had literally no shot of making the roster, right? So So let's start with that. And honestly, that was my expectation. And when we previewed the wide receiver position before training camp, I said, you know, because of the depth this team now has, it's going to be really hard for a guy like Kelvin Harmon, if not impossible to make it. And I even said Antonio Gandy-Golden. I know we had that discussion and I think you, you know, like shared the same philosophy and, 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 you know, you look at Antonio Gandy golden and Kelvin Harmon, just to isolate those two. Well, one's a fourth round pick. One's a sixth round pick. One's a fourth round pick of this regime. One's a sixth round pick of the former regime and one's coming off of a torn ACL and one's not. And even though Antonio Gandy-Golden has had some injury issues through his rookie year and didn't crisply, cleanly grab that two-point conversion that would have tied up the game the other night, they do similar things, right? They're big body mm-hmm. receivers. They struggle a little bit with speed to get off of jams and press coverage. Um, you know, certainly they have strengths, i.e. catching 50-50 passes, using their body and frame and so on and so forth, but they're very similar players. And I think Gandy Golden can help them out a little bit more on special teams, one, and neither is really a returner. So honestly, I didn't think both uh, either one of those guys would, would make the roster, um, you know, assuming that they're taking six. But to me, it just never made sense that unless Kelvin Harmon was going to be so special, so good, which I just didn't see, mm-hmm. um, that he was going to make the roster. So this really isn't a surprise, especially with Curtis Samuel uh, coming back. Um, I know we're going to get into Lamar Miller being released. Um, 
uh, and what that could potentially mean, because I think that brings us another interesting debate. Chris Miller, a defensive back, corner slash safety, not a surprise at all. And no. Caleb Wilson, uh, we'll just do him for here for a sec, uh, claimed off of waivers from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's only played in five NFL games. I think he's got nine offensive snaps. So uh, literally just a camp body and, and, and to see what you can uh, find out of there. So we'll get into the other big cut of the day, which again is veteran running back Lamar Miller and what it means for at least one young pup. That's next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Yeah, we'll do that. Thanks to our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting action. Baseball season still in full swing. Of course, we've also got NFL action spinning up as well, getting one weekend, one game closer to NFL regular season action. Before the next contest, head over to betonline.ag. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head again to betonline.ag. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, once again, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. And David, uh, we mentioned and uh, kind of teased up, so we'll deliver on the tease that Lamar Miller, veteran running back, was released on Sunday morning. Um, not a surprise. And yes, he did ca- catch what thought, what was thought to at least be the potential game time touchdown mm-hmm. uh, on a catch and uh, it, on the sideline uh, in the end zone in New England on Thursday night from Steven Montez late in regulation. Ultimately, Washington did not tie up the game. They thought they did. They didn't. Uh, and they lost. No big deal there. But even with that touchdown catch, Uh, I I don't know, quite honestly, anybody that really thought Lamar Miller was going to make this team. And I guess you could have made the argument that if if the young rookie undrafted running back from Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson, uh, was really, really, really struggling and just didn't show any signs of life, um, along with... um, they have another running back, Jonathan Williams. There really was no need per se to hold up Lamar Miller anymore. He came here last year when Antonio Gibson got hurt and he was on the active roster and never played, never played, never played. I don't even know if he was active um, for any game. No. Like, uh, you know, so so really he was your classically defined veteran insurance running back and they determined, obviously, that they had younger bodies that were better. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, Lamar Miller is probably a guy that you're gonna you're gonna see. He may not get picked up this week necessarily, but you know, players are gonna play and injuries are gonna happen, unfortunately. And and he's a guy that you might see, you know, land on an NFL roster somewhere for at least uh, the remainder of training camp preseason. And maybe not. He is a little bit of a veteran, so you know, teams could decide that his better days are behind him. Uh, but I think ultimately, this move, and you just kind of alluded to it, is all about Jared Patterson. I think that without 
uh, the performance Jared Patterson put on Thursday night. And, and granted, it's against backup defenders. It's against, you know, second and third team defensive players and all that. And I, and I get that. But at this phase in the game, Jared Patterson's also supports, supposed to be a second or third string tier running back, right? Well, what he showed is that he can he can not only hang with that level of competition, but he can actually do really well against that level of competition. So I think when you look at a depth chart, when you look at the needs of the team, you, you know, tight ends uh, didn't exactly stand out for a lot of great reasons on Thursday night. You have some other holes that you could potentially try to fit or fill with with some some younger guys coming in or maybe a free agency addition or a trade down the road. I mean, people are always wheeling and dealing this time of year. It just kind of makes sense to clear the path, clear the road ahead. Don't make Lamar Miller sit there on the sideline watching this young guy get snaps ahead of him. Instead, let him go out there, potentially find another job. Really, you kind of do him a solid in the process of letting him go by having some time still before the start of the regular season to maybe latch on to another team. Not as not as well as maybe, you know, in, in June uh, would have done for him. But, you know, that's just kind of the way the cards fall a little bit. You can't see what a guy like Patterson brings to the field till you get him on the field. And now you got, you know, to me, it, it's it's a four-guy race. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber, uh, Jared Patterson. Jonathan Williams, obviously, he's still going to get some snaps. He's going to get some opportunities uh, to show that he can add value to the team. But I, I look for Washington now in the next week to kind of elevate Jared Patterson. Not and There's no threat to Antonio Gibson, right? So I said it on uh, Friday's episode, so we just want to restate that nobody's right. getting crazy to the point where we're like, oh, Jared Patterson's going to be the next great you know running back in Washington history. Nothing like that. But is there a role for him in that mixture there, right? Remember, Antonio Gibson's coming off of a, re- of a really bad injury. He's a young right. guy. You want to keep him healthy. Running backs already don't have the greatest history uh, for health in, in, in their careers. Ron Rivera was the head coach of Carolina Panthers when they basically systematically used multiple running backs in their systems. Uh, back then, it was typically two. But there's absolutely nothing that doesn't say they can't find a way to carve out a role for Antonio Gibson, J.D., Peyton Barber, and, and Jarrett Patterson. And I think that all four of those guys showed enough on Thursday night, even in limited action, especially for those first two guys, to show they can have a, a significant impact on this roster if given the opportunity. Well, I, yeah, I think it's a good question. I mean, a couple of things. First of all, Patterson played 27 snaps, uh, 17 in the passing game, uh, and 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 10 you know, in, in terms of the run. And I thought – you know, the knock on him coming out of Buffalo was, A, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Right. And, and it was funny because I, as I was watching practice on Sunday, he ran off the right edge and Chase Young engulfed him. <laughs> and for a split second, David, Chase Young had him in a bear hug. And I mean, the it, it, like the difference between the two <laughs> is, is just literally David versus Goliath, yeah. right? I mean, it's just... I mean, it was unbelievable to the, the the human eye, right? Just from 50 or so feet away to see the two in a bear hug and how big Chase Young is and how small uh, Jared Patterson is. That's number one. Number two, again, he obviously played a, a good bunch on, 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 on Thursday night and was more active in the passing game because that was, again, a knock against him. Not that he couldn't do it, but that they didn't do it at Buffalo. But Ron had said during the offseason, or maybe it was Scott Turner, that the thing that impressed them most about Jared Patterson so far was that he was more advanced in the pass catching area than they thought he would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And you saw that on Thursday night, right? I don't know how many catches he had. I think he had two or three catches, but a couple of times he had, a, a chance in open space to make a move on somebody and somebody, and he made somebody miss. Yep. 
and it's an initial slip that gets you two, three, four, five, whatever extra yards. And that's why Jared P- Patterson is it, it has a chance to make the team. Now, in terms of roster construction, like you said, you have McKissick, you have Peyton Barber, you have Antonio Gibson. I know this. McKissick and 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 uh and, and um Antonio Gibson are locked. I think Peyton Barber is not a lock, but I think he's on. Yeah. I think he had a good offseason. Uh, he's still physical, even though he didn't get the third and one and a half the other night. On the first series, that was because of an unblocked Matthew Judon. Yeah. I think he's looked sharp in camp. He's still physical. He still can catch all of that. He was their best short yardage guy last year. So to me, I think he's still on the roster. The question becomes is do, can you put a fourth running back on? And and that's where I'm having trouble because if you're taking three quarterbacks and 10 offensive linemen, that's 13 and three tight ends, that's 16 and six wide receivers. That's 22. Well, already we're at 22 plus three running backs is 25. If we're going to take a fourth running back, that means we're going heavy offense and light on defense. And somewhere along the line, you're going to have to trim somebody that ideally you'd like to have. So I think, I think that this is while a good step for Jared Peterson, uh, Patterson, I don't, I I always want to call him Adrian Peterson. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, I, I I don't think by any means this means he's on the roster. Right. He's going to have to have a really, really big impact in the passing game and in pass protection and maybe even as a punt returner mm. or a kick returner. Watch out for that uh, in these next two games in order to make this roster. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. That's why I don't want people to take my comments and, and a little bit of excitement because I am excited. This is what preseason is about. I, I love seeing this type of story. Uh, unfold behind before our very eyes but again it's it's not a it's not a it's not a starter in the making it's a guy who came out of all you know relatively nowhere obviously had the really you know the historic game while he was at buffalo that kind of gave him some notoriety but for the most part most football fans didn't know who he was when he got attached to the roster i think that's what we see is we see the team get him against some better competition let's get him against some some stronger defenders some more established defenders in the next game or so and let's see if 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 not necessarily the exact same production, but let's see if some of those same traits are still there or if, or, you know, not to, not to lean too much off of what you just said, but, or if he gets swallowed up, you know, physically and, and, and ski schematically uh, by the competition, by better competition. And, and that'll really kind of tell the story. Now, Jared Patterson comes out there and, and has a really great, great productive game going up against, you know, maybe the initial second team defense, or even if he gets some reps against that first team defense, just kind of see, what he might be bringing to the field that we might have a different, a little bit of a different conversation, but I mean, Hey, that's why these coaches get paid the big bucks. Chris is, I mean, if, if it takes carrying four running backs, I'll tell you this much. If they put, if he puts good film on for three games in a row, they're not going to be able to hide him on the practice squad. Somebody is going to go out there and scoop him up. So they're going to have some tough decisions to make, but I mean, that's uh, that's what that's what they get paid for. And, you know, you just kind of hope they make the best decisions and that the injury bug agrees with the decisions that you make. No doubt. Uh, all right. Real quickly, Curtis Samuel gets activated again. Uh, he'll be worked in slowly here. He won't play uh, this Friday night against Cincinnati, maybe against Baltimore in the preseason finale. A uh, part of, again, a deep wide receiver group. And, you know, I, I think 
people have to understand that he is going to be eased in slowly here. And I would expect kind of a sluggish start for Curtis Samuel. But the good news about this room is Deami Brown, when you give him a chance, and I saw it a couple of times in practice on Sunday, he gets behind people. And if the quarterbacks can hit him, and they hit him once, I think it was Heineke in stride along the right sideline, uh, he is going to be an explosive factor along with Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think it allows them to kind of really take their time with Curtis Samuel, besides the fact that he already knows the system and how these coaches like to use him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect, I don't know if I, if I would even expect Curtis Samuel to play uh, in the next preseason game. I think if they can get him out there for a little bit, they probably will, but you know, they're, I don't think they're going to rush it uh, just from what coach Rivera has said in the past. I think that's the smartest way to do it. But speaking of Diami, I mean, uh, that that the one play alone just in the preseason where uh, he he you know the defense is playing off of him because of his speed respecting that speed so you hit him real quick he makes that first defender move kind of like we were talking about or miss kind of like you were talking about Jared Patterson and he turns what could have been a two yard gain into I think it was like a seven or eight yard gain I mean that is the kind of stuff that you're talking about looking for from a guy like Deami Brown uh, who in college again wasn't asked to do those kinds of things wasn't asked to run those kinds of routes and make defenders miss uh, in the open field early you know close to the line of scrimmage but now Washington's asking him to do it and he's answering the bell so far uh, so again it's one preseason game so you know we're not going to put him you know in the hall of fame or anything like that just yet but promising production from the rookie and it gives the team more of a reason to slow down with Curtis Samuel because even if Diami comes out there and lays an egg in game two, which we hope he doesn't do, but even if he does, you have justification to say, you know what, let's let Curtis rest some more. Let's see what we have more out of this kid and see what we have moving forward just to get a, a more clear picture because you already know what Curtis Samuel is going to bring to this team as a coaching staff. Absolutely. One quick uh, practice note from Sunday. David, it was uh, probably one of the worst practices I've ever seen for a group of quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. Taylor Heineke had at least four interceptions, may have had five. Uh, yeah. Steven Montez was blah. Kyle Allen was back on a limited basis in team drills uh, after uh, dealing with uh, ankle complications. And even Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a, mm. I mean, he was fine for the most part and generally accurate. He was by far the best, but he threw a goal line interception on a mm. zone drop to rookie Jamin Davis, who was just dropping out in his space and just sitting there and just read Ryan Fitzpatrick all along and leaped up uh, and, and snagged it. And then Fitzy had a couple of other dangerous throws. So uh, really bad day, really tough day for Taylor Heineke. Uh, not as tough for Fitzpatrick, uh, but not good by any means, in my opinion, and I think any yeah. reasonable uh, opinion as well. So just something to keep an eye on as this team moves forward. All right, when we come back here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast, we'll wrap it up with a voicemail, uh, and uh, we will tell you about our friends at Built Bar. That's right. Celebrate the freedom of choice with a Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. David and I are passionate about our favorites. Uh, the problem for me is I don't like just one. I like mm, eh, probably about 10 different flavors, maybe even more. Uh, David loves the mint brownie. I'm a peanut butter chocolate type guy, but I like some of the different exotic flavors. I find myself being a, an orange fan. I never would have thought that, but I am. I love the orange Built Bar. It's coated in 100% soft and easy to chew chocolate. Uh, and you could even get like mm, some white chocolate with the birthday bites. 
Um, so get that uh, right now. Go to Built Bar uh, and Built.com, should say, and check out what they have to offer you. Lots of different ways you can uh, package everything together in case you're unaware. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs and high in protein. And they are just amazing tasting. If you need a meal replacement, if you need a late night dessert, Built Bar is the way to go. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode also brought to you in part by rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you are going to need. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, at work, in your pocket. Save time and money when you use rockauto.com. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is going to cost you about $353 from one of the main chain stores, but you can get that same part for $216 at rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have everything you could ever need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell coming at you here on this episode. D Harrison82 on Twitter and then Russell Mania621 and Locked WFT Pod. And Chris, we've got some uh, some traffic going on in the voicemail box, so let's hit it with, uh, with a Washington football team fan. Stu Wyant down here in uh, North Carolina, been a fan of the Redskins for about 40 years and enjoy listening to your show. I got an hour drive home every day and drive to work, so I try to catch up as much as I can with y'all, and, and it's great to hear y'all's predictions. Y'all do a wonderful job. I got one of the questions I have, and I would like to see, is that Drew Brees, um, Drew Brees and Hill was a great combination, switching out back and forth a lot of times. That's something I'd really like to see from um, Fitzpatrick and um, Heineke, uh, or another player in that kind of sense, but what do you think of that? And uh, maybe one of these days I'm going to eat one of those um, built bars. Thank you, guys. You all are wonderful. Uh, thank you very much, Stu. Appreciate you uh, listening and the kind words and the great question, actually. I'm fascinated by this question, A, David, because I think it's a really good one, B, because I didn't really quite honestly think about it, but it, it does make some sense, right? I mean, if a prolific offensive mind like Sean Payton could do something like that, why not? The question for me is, do they have the athlete to do it? That Taysom Hill is. And that's where I stop short. Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke are both frequently injured. And Heineke really had to add about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle just to kind of like get to an adequate size level. So I, I don't think he's kind of built like Taysom Hill. And Kyle Allen, again, eh, not really, although they both have good mobility. So you could do something. You could do something. I think their something is with Logan Thomas, uh, the former Virginia Tech quarterback, who we did see throw the rock and line up in Wildcat and all that stuff last year. The question is, is, is the cat out of the bag already? Can they? When can they pull that out and how often can they use that to be effective to have the surprise element. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing with, with Breeze and Taysom Hill uh, and even, you know, potentially with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill is that that was something like what we saw last year was something that was kind of in the making for a couple of years, really, because the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton and Drew Breeze kind of developed the offense as they went from the day they both got hired by the Saints to the Super Bowl win and then the years after. So when they started adding these Taysom Hill wrinkles into the offense, you had two guys, a head coach and a quarterback, and obviously the offensive coordinator, who were all on the same page, knew the offense forward, backwards, inside out, everything already. So all you were doing was adding another ingredient to an already successful recipe. The, the problem I have here with this idea would be that Ryan Fitzpatrick is learning the offense. You know, uh, Coach Turner is learning Ryan Fitzpatrick. Coach Rivera is learning Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're all learning their teammates. So basically, it's it's trying to take kind of a multi multifaceted dish, if you if you want to say, and kind of you know like fusion cooking, right? If you're if you're gonna do fusion cooking, like Asian Italian fusion, well, you need to know how to cook Asian food and Italian food first. Then you learn how to fuse them together. Right now. Scott Turner, Ron Rivera, Ryan Fitzpatrick, all the teammates, they're all learning just how to make the dish as is right now. They're just trying to figure out how to get Washington cooking, right? Um, I'm tying all this together here. I think that to try to also fuse, I think what you end up doing if you rush that type of a process early on with, say, Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick, is you basically end up having to create two separate game plans, one for each quarterback, and then meld them together in the process. And the problem, the real big problem with that is one of them goes out. So like you mentioned, those health concerns. If one of those goes out, now you're left with essentially half a game plan and your defense that you're playing against can react really, really well when they only have to worry about half your game plan being executed. I like what you said about Logan Thomas. He's kind of been there a little bit. They, they, you can add a few wrinkles here and there. So if if we see this this year from Scott Turner, I think when you go back to like the first year the Saints really used Taysom, if you go back to that first year that really started happening, there was like one or two formations, and that was it. That was the entirety of the Taysom Hill part of the playbook. It was like one or two formations, and they basically just used it sparingly when they thought they could get an advantage. That, to me, in 2021 would be the the max. The problem moving forward then is Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the quarterback of your future. So right. once you figure out who that guy is, now you're, again, building – almost entirely new offense around that quarterback strength. So that's the only, those are the only, I love the theory. Those are the only, the only uh, hurdles I see to it. Yeah, no, I think, I think you, you, I like your analogy. Uh, I didn't think about fusion cooking, but I mean, it makes sense the way you explained it in terms of knowing what you have first before you can then start, like you said, marrying all the ingredients or the different styles or the different culinary, uh, I guess, differences uh, between the two. All right, good stuff. Hope that answered the question. I think it did. Uh, thank you very much, Do Appreciate it. Uh, and the good words. And that's going to do it for us on today's episode. Uh, but don't forget, betting on the Washington football team or the NFL preseason doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Uh, follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag whenever, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for us and you want to fire off the voicemail, just like Stu in North Carolina did, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577, or if you want to do the email variety, lockwftpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us. This is the Locked on Washington football team podcast. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.